Welcome back to Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. And this is our throwback review of Best of the Best. You're the best. Around. Nothing ever. Wait a minute. That's the wrong movie. True. Right. I was going to say, like, you might get copyright <laughs> for that. <laughs> Spoiler alert, you should have seen it by now. It's, from, you know, it's a movie done in 1989. True. But you can catch it on Netflix. It's currently running there. Classic, especially if you're a Taekwondo follower, if that's your discipline. If mm -hmm. you like Eric Roberts, if you like James Earl Jones, if you had a crush on Sally Kirkland, if you are a fan of Chris Penn, if you like terrible cinematography and horrible music score this is the movie for you <laughs> at way, least you admitted that part <laughs> i never really said this is a masterpiece <laughs> there are some bad stuff here true, but true. it's still good and this film spawned three sequels to my knowledge all together i would say there's at least four for sure this movie came out in 1989 like i mentioned earlier i was 17 16 17 depending on no it was like i was like 17 because mm -hmm. i remember it came out in the summer. I was like five. Right. And I meant to catch it in the theaters. When I went to the theater that I knew that was playing, it wasn't playing. This sucker went in and out like a person on an enema or took X-Lax. That's how fast it went, it went through. It just flushed right through. It didn't last a month in the theaters. I think the week prior, I went to see a movie and I saw that was playing. I said, cool, I'm going to see that next week. Mm -hmm. so I went and it wasn't playing. And... It wasn't like we have today where you go to your phone and you can check up the times. You just took a gander. Well, back in the day, you could call a theater at yeah, the time, but, but that, was the, that was the most you could do. This was created by Philip Ree, very knowledgeable in Taekwondo. He has a long list of martial arts credentials. Other people like Paul Levine and Max Storm helping with the writing. It was directed by... Robert Rattler, who got a lot of direct-to-DVD movies, a lot of episodes like Hercules and Power Rangers stuff. So you can see where this movie is going overall. Yes. From there. But the cast, you have the headliner, Eric Roberts. You have Darth Vader himself, James Earl Jones, Sally Kirkland. You have Chris Penn. You know him from his when he was alive. He did a lot of stuff like Fist of the North Star. And I think two <laughs> other films, but a lot of people won't know that. Again, there's like yes. movies I'm mentioning are direct to DVD. And he, even at that, that one was questionable about that. I mean, granted, he wasn't like finesse with his technique, but he had some. It was like he did some training after doing this movie. You have John John Die. There a lot of episodes like uh, Touched by an Angel, Making the Grade, more like straight to DVD, less stuff like that. But if you see his face, you recognize like, oh yeah, that 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 guy. Tom Everett, he's like the assistant coach, the nerdy guy. He's seen them a lot. He's in Independence Day mm -hmm. or Transformers. He always plays like the science guy. You have Nurse Ratchet from One Who Flew Over the Cuckoo Nest, which is uh, Lois Fletcher. She plays Eric Roberts' mother. You have John P. Ryan. He was in Runaway Train with Eric Roberts. He was in one of the voices for... Batman, Mass of the Phantasm. He was in Bound. He was in The Right Stuff. So in this movie, you have legit freaking actors in this. And you notice one actor there that played, what was it Jason? Yes. Like one of the extras. Oh, I guess he's not an extra. He was one of the, no, not extra. One of the guys in the bar fight scene. Turned out to be the actual, I mean, they alternate 
actors to play Jason, but he was the main actor to play Jason. And you have uh, Ahmad Rashad, who's doing one of the sports commentary. Also, if for all those martial artists, you have Master Hiel Choi, which is he's one of the legit Taekwondo practitioners, uh, practitioner, excuse me, at the time. And you have James Liu. You know him from Big Trouble Little China. That's right. And you have Simon Ree, which is Philip's brother, who plays De, uh, Dae Han. Mm-hmm. You've seen him without knowing it's him, big in the stunt world community. Him and James Liu were also in The Perfect Weapon. Yeah. Jeff Speakman. He's been in more recent projects too. Like oh, he's no, still he's doing. Been, he, he's still working. And for, God bless him because, you know, he's not as as fit and young as I am. Yeah, but, but he's like but, doing more stunt coordinating work. Like he actually, right. oh, like, so like, uh, I just put and up his stuff. choreography. He's right. been like on WandaVision, Lucifer, mm-hmm. Boss Level, like on Hulu. Uh, so he he's st- right. definitely been doing uh, some real recent projects. The cast here is legit. Be it acting, be it martial arts talent. Well, let me take that back. It depends on who we're most, talking about. Exactly, because you have certain actors who are hired for their acting skills, but definitely not for their martial arts skills. Or they're a typecast, because you have Sonny, who looks, who sounds Italian, so he was that part, but his skills were... Mm, I haven't seen it in quite some time, and when we were doing the review or doing the watch party... On your channel, Nerd Tots, if you remember, I was very excited. Mm-hmm. I was giddy. I was saying the lines. Kimberly was next to us, and she was getting annoyed by me. The, the one thing is his golden rule, don't give any spoilers away. And he's the one giving away spoilers. Because I'm saying the lines before it happens, or I'm answering questions, not even when she asks. But anyway, I counted about 14 action scenes. Be it, be it small, be it grandiose. That was a lot like, more than I thought. But I just count like, you know, say they're training, they're running or... Oh, okay. Running. So you're counting like the montages and stuff like that. The montage, right. The opening credit, the opening credit, you see the, the school of Koreans doing their kata or they're doing their basics. True. So I count that as well. And I count about 40 minutes, which is a lot. And I double checked. It's about 40 mm-hmm. minutes. And the movie itself with credits is 137 minutes and 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. 100, did I say 130? No. One hour and 37 minutes and 30 seconds without the credits is one hour and 35 minutes. So mm-hmm. you have 40 minutes of action, be yes. it training, be it montage, be it- I would dare say a good portion of that is to training though. You're right. If you break it down, because you have the Koreans training, you have the Americans training, but yeah. big sum was in the final scene, the tournament. Sure. The final. You have two main, right? Actually three. You have the coach, his, his history. Yep. You have the story of- you have the story of Alex Grady, played by Eric Roberts, the, the brother of Julia Roberts. And you have... Tommy. Played by Philip Ree. And yes. then you have the the rest. You have Which they don't really go into their stories. They just, they're just they side characters You're to, right. to expand they, on everybody else. Everyone has a different background, a different story. Mm. But they come together and become a unit after a lot of animosity towards one another. Really being from Chris... Penn Travis, he's the one that's really like, doesn't want to... Let's call it what it is. He was racist. He was a bigot. He was a dick. He was a dick, but he he just focused on the racial aspects when he was being a dick. Yeah, it was all about him. He wasn't a team player. Yeah. Eventually, down the line, he became a team player. It has that rocky karate kid feel of family, of unity, of growing. Or self-growth. Yeah. Well, not, I won't say all, but from definitely from Tommy, Alex, and Travis. Coach, too, because he was very stirred. But I can understand. I'm watching it again. I understand where he was coming from. He trains his team hard because he doesn't want them to get hurt or seriously hurt 
in the tournament. So exactly. he's looking out for their best interest. It's, it's tough love. I don't care if they actually lose. As right. long as they give me everything they have on that floor. And, and they're still safe. And it's like, if they do that, I'll be proud of them no matter what. But I remember as a kid, I remember Tommy being the lead. And then rewatching it now, I'm like, oh my God, it was Eric the entire time. Well, he was a star power. He was popular back then in the 80s and... A little bit into so the 90s too. He did a, the, the Pope of Greenwich Village. He mm -hmm. did this. He did Runaway Train with John Voight, who also was directed by the same director. Yeah. also went straight to DVD. So again, that tells you something. It is his story, but I guess that was his vehicle. And then you have that little side story. But it was, it was almost even. It was like Tommy's and Alex's story was somewhat even. But yeah, they started balancing out. But it like started off with Alex. At the car mm -hmm. shop. And then like every now and then they'll, they'll find a way to bring him back using the child. Well, let's go then real they quick. they focus back with Tommy. Right. Let's go a real recap with Alex's story and then we'll talk about a little bit of Tommy's and coaches okay story in the sense of how they grew Alex's story he used to be in the martial arts he used to be in a tournament scene he used to f compete a lot then he got taken out due to major shoulder injury which he needed a plastic cartilage and a steel pin to keep it together that took him out his wife passed away his mom was helping him raise his child and then he has the opportunity to compete representing USA in this major tournament happening. And that's where his his real true self came alive, where he was working at the car plant just to provide for his family. And it wasn't something that he loved to do, but he did it. Then you have Tommy, who we catch him as a martial arts instructor, training kids and has a very successful school. And he's also invited to the tournament. We come to find out a little bit later that he has a past. And that past is that he witnessed his brother being killed in a tournament, similar to what they're about to compete in. And then he comes to find out the person who killed his brother is on the opposite team. And he has to face him because their skills are matched. Mm -hmm. And we'll go back to that a little bit later. Well, we'll talk about now because of coaches. Yeah. Coaches has an issue or his issue is that he's fighting an uphill battle because what he thinks is right for the team the sponsors, the committee is against him. There could be a, re a lot of reasons why we don't know the whole story, but we do know that it's his way or the highway. And the sponsors, the, the money providers, want something else. Kind of like how movies are done a lot of times. You get a director, you have a writer, you, you hire them because you like their work, but now you want to change the story. Now, since you have the money, you want a different way. You want this person to be the role, be the lead. You want Instead of being in New York City, you want it in sunny Florida. Things of that nature. He has that going on. But also, can't say he's responsible, but he was the coach of the team that Tommy Brother Died was on. killed in. So he has that guilt. And that's why he's so hard, because he doesn't want that to happen again. But that being said, you and I have a, a problem with this, the editing of that How we discover topic. that. So you see those main three characters grow, where the coach becomes not so stiff you see alex find another family with the team another father figure thing like that a stronger bond with his son and you see tommy getting over his fear and mind you it's not fear of having to face the guy it's the fear that once he does face the guy he's going to end up killing the guy in, in retaliation for right. his brother's death especially because it goes against his teachings 
Yeah, he's 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 pretty much like a pacifist, oddly enough. But you can see where that that's coming from, where he's the embodiment, the embody, the embodiment, excuse me, of his teachings. You saw that in the bar fight that he does. You know, he he had to fight. He didn't want to. And he, he told him, he's like, I don't want to fight you guys. Right. And at the end of the bar fight, you know, he's like, I hate this. He hates being put in that position. Now, do you want to talk about the good or the bad? The good will probably be a little bit quicker because, like, it's not. And like we said, it's not necessarily a bad movie, but it there's certain aspects that just don't hold up. But we're going to talk about the good first. Now, like I said, I like this movie. I think I'm the only one doing our watch party. I like the movie. The, you're the only one that gave it a higher score than three. Out of five. The reason being is the nostalgia, the connectivity, because I could relate, especially more after the fact when when I was competing and I had an injury. So granted, this movie came out way before my injury, but that connection still holds. Still some good moments, some some comedic moments, especially from Chris Penn mm -hmm. and from Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts had some jokes there too. And the martial arts. It was it was great, and we should say the martial arts is not like a like a Jackie Chan or like fantastic martial art thing. Mm -hmm. It's very grounded in actuality. I will say, like, and it really shows for the ones that are like true martial artists that are fighting. You can absolutely tell the the crispness of their techniques. Yeah, especially from Philip Ree and Simon Ree. Philip Ree, he reminded me of Donnie. In he has that charisma. He has that it factor when he performs. Donnie Yen is, is different. He's de definitely on a higher level, but when... Okay, I was going to say, like, Donnie Yen is a little bit up there, bro. No, no. Great, yeah, but Donnie Yen's been doing it longer because he's been performing since he was, like, a teenager. But what I'm just saying, the way he moves, you can see that he's 100% legit. Everything he does is with accuracy, and you saw that with his brother, um, Simon Plain, Dehan, and especially in the Korean team, all of them were legit martial artists. Granted, yeah, they're not. We're, we're, they were all not Korean. You had a a Chinese actor there, James Liu, ch Chinese martial artist. Let's go into the the likes, and you can agree or disagree. The 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 first tournament, the audition for the U.S. team, when you had Simon, not Simon, you had Philip. That was a good introduction of the characters. Good introduction, yes. You, that's where you see who these characters are. I know you have a problem with Eric Lee's stance. I kind of like it. It kind of falls into the Karate Kid crane stance. He made it his own. Well, it, it was like he would do this, right? Right. The hands up and the foot and behind the leg. That's like kickboxer. Right. But it was also like, I will suck your blood. Yeah. Knowing the styles, it did not seem practical to me. And it didn't seem no. like an actual a thing. But I think it was more like he will do it to start, like almost like a bow, and then he'll get into his stance. It like, just didn't make sense to me. On that one of the training montages, when they're hitting the trees. Hitting the trees, the, the waterfall. The, the Korean montage was actually better than the a American. A lot better. Yeah, than the yeah, American It was montage. a lot better compared to the American. Because the American side was more with, like, with science. It was Rocky IV. Exactly right. Where the Americans are using the technology, where the Koreans using uh, nature. traditional. Yeah. But that scene where they're hitting the, the trees, and it's in like a slow-mo. And after they hit, and they just stay there focused, the the, the the snow falling off the branches. It was just hot. Then you have the comparison, like you said, with the meditation where they go under the waterfall and they meditate, getting hit with that cold water, trying to take their mind 
off the cold, try to focus on their emptiness. Or you have Wade, Sally Kirkland's character, trying to teach the team to meditate through yoga's training and Travis not giving a care about it at all. So he's, you know, and it was kind of funny where she's trying to tell Alex after he got his shoulder injury or re-injured, there's no pain. And he's like, bitch, there's a freaking a lot of pain here. Do you see what I'm doing? I'm crying as I'm trying to fight. It's nothing so but pain. Like, he, was, he was in agony, which is a scene I could relate to. And I'll explain to that later. The fight gear I thought was kind of cool in the tournament. Yes. Oh, the fight gear. It, it, because it was like part of the uh, actual gi and uniform. And actual it, gi uniform. It, it has similarity to kendo, mm-hmm. like the chest gear almost. And uh, they use all, actually uh, authentic gear and like for the hands and, and, and the feet, which a lot of like martial mm-hmm. art movies, when they go to a tournament, they don't actually use the actual gear. Right. But they also had like the forearm protectors, mm-hmm. which they saw, they saw, which was white, and their hands were black, their gloves. And that re- reminded me, and it could have been, maybe, I'm not sure, but a tribute to Bruce Lee in the opening scene of Enter the Dragon, where he's wearing black gloves and the attachment is white on the forearms, of the upper forearms. I don't remember I'm, that part. I remember right. black gloves. I'm not sure if that was the case, but I think it was. Or it just gave a nice look to it, especially with the black geese yeah. and the white, sle- the white arms and with the black gloves for the U.S. The final match with Dehan and Tommy was freaking hot yes the movement the, the exchange the back and forth just saw two people at the height of their talent and it if it, it felt freeform it didn't feel planned maybe they've been since they're brothers they probably played around for years with the back and forth doing the movements and it felt like second nature to them it was weird how they scored because they had the judges on the side holding the flags for the red and the white. And then they were a lot points and they were but they were earning points. So yeah, their scoring system was not like a, your traditional base scoring system. The corner judges, those are usually meant for point fighting. Correct, which they were earning points, but then they True. their their scoring of their points was where it was weird because like mm-hmm. and like tournaments you can get like a like a single point for a body uh, then like two right. points are ahead, and if you like right. do like a certain maneuver, it's like like three points. But usually, when an exchange happens, they usually stop, and they give only one and, set and of points. They, they count who has the point. They go the you know they have five judges: the four corners and the center judge. Yeah, and the majority wins uh, the votes. Granted, I was more done for theatrics, cinematic reasons. Because like in Olympics, you have taekwondo, and their chess gear is has sensors. True. It's sometimes hard to see it, but you, they get hit, and then it gets computerized, um, or the results get into a computer, or like fencing as well. You have here, beginning of that tournament, Korea, their team is, all their athletes are Taekwondo. Yeah. But the U.S. had a mixture of Karate, Hapkido, Taekwondo. So our team, the U.S. team, had a different skill set where the Korean team had one specific skill set of Taekwondo, which was kind of fair and unfair, if you will. True. Like I said, there are some comical reliefs here and it mainly came from Travis. And I liked in the tournament when this tie and they had to go to through the breaking. And yeah. Tommy and Travis. And Travis <laughs> okay, that one I give you. I'll give you that one. Travis breaks his and then the, uh, the Korean breaks his and, and it's it, obvious who it was it's obvious clear it's like it's clear. by like two one or two bricks but it's very clear right travis's has three bricks unbroken 
and then the Korean has two bricks unbroken. And it's clear where they're at. But the judge, he does the gesture to count. And then Travis is like, why are you counting them for? It's like rubbing salt on an open wound. It was just Exactly. Like, <laughs> and you can see, was, like, he gets off the stage where they were competing. And you can literally, literally see him, like, start crying. I'm like, that's literally, now that's the most real I've seen his character be. I can I can see that in a tournament. Like, if someone started counting them and it's a clear win, anyone that's out there is going to be like, yo, they're going to feel so hurt and they right. will start crying, and especially in a tournament of that nature. So mm-hmm. that was the most authentic moment. It's funny, but that was the most authentic moment. I can relate. You can relate. Mm-hmm. You know, we've competed and not necessarily breaking, but with anything, something like that, where yeah. you know that you didn't get it, but they, they still got to follow the rules you know they still have to go through the process and you're like yeah it's a clear come on but with chris penn's adding that little you can hear you can hear the hurt yes you can hear the hurt in his voice and it just makes it funny in that way like you said there was in the moments there were there's some groundness to it yeah you can you can see this happening in a real fight especially with a person who's been trained and has legit technique that you have that the footwork and that really that technique like i said but also with injury mm-hmm. when alex gets his shoulder like dislocated again yep been there so have i now granted i have never ever got my i never have gotten my shoulder dislocated but i have dislocated my hand i did both my have, shoulders yes oh i didn't know okay that's news to me not at the same time well good <laughs> You'd be, Just you'd be fighting like this. <laughs> you'd be like that guy running from the Goldbergs, like the, the, the older brother who runs with his arms. Yeah. But no, with me, in one tournament, I was training for it and we had to do breaking. Um, That's one of the competitions. During the training for breaking, I injured my right hand. We went to the Wait, wasn't now. it in Japan? This happened right before Japan. I was in a, Oh, because we you running. had to cast while you were in Japan and still competed. Correct. Mm-hmm. So in I was in New York for our tournament, and you had to qualify, breaking a certain amount of boards first, and then you can advance to another type of breaking. During the training, I injured my strong hand. I come in with that injury. Nothing's broken yet. Nothing's dislocated. I was practicing breaking with my left hand, but wasn't going right. I wasn't confident that I could break through the boards because the thing was, it was three one-inch boards, no spacers. <sighs> Okay, yeah. Which is pretty thick. And and for anybody who doesn't know, that's actually harder than doing like a uh, cap lock. Because I broke cap locks before, and I, mm-hmm. I would be more intimidated by three one-inch boards with no spacers. I wanted to be Sogo champions. And Sogo champion for that tournament, which was a Sato tournament, which is the style I trained in and taught. You get the top, the top positions, winning positions, excuse me, you become Sogo Champions by points. So yeah. if you get first, second, third, you get a points for that. And then they add the points at the end. It's like MVP. It is Kata, Kumite, and then breaking. Even though I was practicing with my left hand, I didn't feel confident. So I said, screw it. I'll go with my right hand. And then when I did it, I broke through the boards, but my second bottom knuckle stuck out. It dislocated. It didn't break skin, but it just popped out. And so now like my knuckles, I don't know if you can see, my knuckles are flat. Where compared to here, it ri- my, my left hand it rises up. Yeah. Now this is now this is broken from a different fighting incident, but you see how this rises where this is flat like a almost like a board in a way. 
Yeah. I walk away immediately because I know I hurt my hand. Everyone sees it, the audience, the judges, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what's wrong? It's just like, I, I, I messed up my hand. And then we all, you can see that big ass bump sticking out. Mm-hmm. It was pretty nasty. Instead of like what Alex says, pop it, Tommy, pop it. I didn't say just wrap it up. I still want to compete. No, Angel, no, you don't have to compete. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. You have nothing to prove. It's like, I want to continue. They were still doing the qualifications with the other competitors. Got a makeup splint with a broken piece of wood from the, from the, from the brakes. They put ice on my hand. They wrapped it up with ace bandages. Even though they were trying to tell me not to do it, even, you know, the, the, the doctors that were there and it's like, that's, dude, don't worry. I was like, I want to break. Now, after you qualify, you get a chance to break as many boards as you want. Now, I never broke with my left hand in a downward chop before. Never. I said, give me five boards. I got my hand ready. I got, I got the boards all stacked up. And just like a freaking movie, my girlfriend at the time, she was working the tournament, you know, the mm-hmm. sales, whatever. She was helping out. I looked at her. She looked at me. She just gave me the nod. Like, you got this. And I went through and I broke through the five boards with no problem with my non-dominant hand. And it broke. I was like, wow. But everyone's like cheering, blah, blah, blah. Was, you know, kind of like a karate kid yeah. kind of thing. Like, woo because they all saw the drama that led up to it. Now, granted, I did win Sogo, but I didn't get the trophy because I went straight to the hospital. <laughs> I got the trophy later. That's my story. Now, go ahead. Uh, so I'll be quick. So you have two shoulders. You have two shoulders. Two shoulders. There. So I just look at it, this one like three times and then this one like once. So what the hell, dude? What were you doing? R- driving into a truck? Or no. Running into a truck? So the first time, actually, Two of the times was with the same guy. We were sparring. Back when I did Taekwondo and the first time he just happened to hit my elbow as we were sparring. And it was like mm-hmm. the weirdest thing because I just felt my shoulder just go like up and down and it's dropped. My instructor stopped the match and he goes, you know what just happened, don't you? And all I could feel like was this little bit of weight. I did not feel any pain, honestly. And then I go, my shoulder just oh, dislocated, man. didn't it? And he goes, yes, it did. And this was in front of all the kids' parents too because it was like an open forum day and all the parents were like oh my god and uh second time also when i was fighting with this kid sparring i say kid he was a teenager and it happened again (laughs) and his name was ali and i'm like ali man you gotta stop dislocating my shoulder especially in front of the parents what did he do the second time same it was the same thing we were just sparring and he just hit hit my arm just just right all the times that i dislocated it never hurt what hurt was putting it back in Mm -hmm. right because my instructor uh, since it was my first time, he's he's trying to figure out like where the bone fell. He tried to do it like uh, lethal weapon style. He, like, he what? He threw you against the wall? He had my back against the wall and he tried to shove the bone back in. Oh! The the thing moved and it hit the nerve, and I just felt pain radiate through my entire body from my shoulder. Well, it's not going in that way. And, he, and then he turns to me, he's like, "You ever seen the movie Best of the Best?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so you're Tommy? He goes, yep. <laughs> he just gets on the ground. And, and he grabs my arm and he pops it in just the same way Tommy did. Everybody was freaking out when that happened. And then the second time. Did you scream? Uh, no. After the nerve shot, I didn't. it didn't hurt at all. The other time it happened with Ali, my instructor wasn't there. So I had to, I'm like, Ali, you popped it. You put it back in. He goes, what? I'm like, I'm not going to a hospital, man. <laughs> I'm not oh, paying. I'm not paying for this bill. You're putting this Jesus. back in, and so I, I gave him my arm, and I said, "The only difference is because you haven't done this before. Go slow. 
and like uh, Bobby, but slow. Sometimes you can't go slow. Yeah, sometimes you have to go. Well, well, it, it, it's not like an arm. It, like you're in the position like an armbar, but he's just like pulling, really well, pulling out. Right, yeah, right. and um, so he's just more straightening so, his legs and supporting it with his uh, body. And when so he did was that, Tommy point two. Yeah, exactly. 2.0. It, I just felt it. You know, like you ever pop your knuckle? It was mm-hmm. like that. I could just feel it, like just roll and pop right back into place. The funny okay. thing was. And we did that in front of the kid, uh, the kids and their parents because there was like the open floor. I was like, I was, I was like, I'm not gonna go to the office and lay down on the floor in the office. I'm like, just do it here. Especially one of the parents is like, I'm getting ready to call the ambulance, and he's and he was a cop. I'm like, I know he'll get it there. I'm like, I don't have the bills for that. Then all of a sudden, I hear everybody go, Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and they're like, I saw it roll through the gi. <laughs> I'm like, really? Oh my god! Really, he did? And they're like, Yeah, it was so. And when the the guy was a cop, he's like, "That was the worst thing I've seen in a long time." <laughs> it didn't hurt you. It didn't no. bother you. No. Wow. The, this one though did hurt because I was training and hitting a bag, and I was just I just did a spin back fist. Oh, you hit it wrong. And then what happened was I if popped, rolled, and popped right back in instantly. Like I could feel it. Like just oh, I don't know wow. how it did. It just went over rolled and pop back crap, in dude. i got the pain and then my entire left my entire right side all the way to my mm. fingertips was numb i couldn't feel a thing for like a solid 10 minutes you know i remember like back in the day you used to like meditate and whatnot like i just i when that happened i told my instructor i need some time and <laughs> i didn't cry out or anything i just right. walked off to the side and i just sat there i need to make a fist and i could barely make a fist and I'm like, I'm so just, you're, were you telling were you telling yourself to make a fist? Yeah, I was just so, focusing. so basically, so basically, you were the bride telling them to move your big toe. Yes, wiggle your big because, toe, wiggle. Because I, I <laughs> honestly, I could if I was closing a fist, unless I was looking, I couldn't tell. It was just weird. Like that's how numb it was. Oh, wow. And then like all, all of a sudden, I started feeling it, and I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm like, let's I, go back at it. I knew you dislocated your shoulder, as in singular. I didn't know you did it with two shoulders and three times all together. I didn't know that. Yeah. No. And it was like all in like the last one to two years of my martial arts. And that was when I was like, I may be done. Because I went all my life without getting major injuries. I would get injuries right. here and there. I wasn't getting medical from doing that work. Yes. So I I digress. We, we got into our own little tangent. No, but that's that's how for me when i see that scene yeah i can relate i have that connection and my, and my connection was literally through the shoulder just like his his was more painful because he had surgery on it correct and yes, like a dislocation exactly. with a surgery i couldn't imagine that kind of pain right because there's a metal rod there so yeah it could have i never really thought about it until you just now because you're saying because that could have broken bone like like yeah it that's why when you say like pop it and he's like put on uh, like reassign it in the break when i was re-watching that movie like back in the day i was just thinking dislocation but yeah. re-watching the movie and i i remember them saying that he has surgery and that's why he has a scar i'm like so, that, that was probably more than just a dislocation that was probably like torn ligaments and actual damage bone, um, bone um, splinters yeah because it was it, it wasn't like a like mine injury it was like the guy literally did like an axe kick and like targeted kick, his shoulder. Not weird, but in the videotapes they were doing the videos, the tape study mm-hmm. of each of each opponent, he does that kick during his breaking skills. Yes, he does. He does a jumping axe kick. Same thing he did to Alex, but he did it to bricks. Foreshadowing. All right. Well, 
Is there any other scenes that you like? The bar scene was oh. fun. It made me question like the martial arts skills of some of the fighters. <laughs> oh, oh, heavily, heavily. That, yes, that that's a a great scene to show someone to show like okay, this is a like you can tell who's a trained martial arts artist and who had like sufficient choreography versus who weren't. You could break it down, and I would show that like, to anybody. Be like, if I want to do a movie, and I'd be like. This is like the pros and this is the cons all in one scene. And this is why right. I would uh, like want to break it down this way. Tommy, Philip Ree, that's the one that's trained. And then you have questionable Eric Roberts, Alex, yeah. and Travis, Chris Penn. Again, questionable because they, they look, uh, Chris Penn looked like he was a brawler. But there was some technique there here and there. Sonny and Virgil. Mm. And Eric Roberts didn't really do much in the fight because he was mostly in the phone at the time. Right, he, he, a, he, he comes out and does a clothesline on someone. No, he actually throws a punch. He knocks one out. He doesn't clothesline. He throws a punch, and then someone grabs him. And he does that little arm around, yeah, and then hits the guy, and then he does like a sidekick, throwing some guy off through a window. Mm -hmm. What I liked about that was that's where the bonding started to happen. Early, they became yeah. a, they became a team right there. They got each other's back. Each other's back. Excuse me. But now, and I still like this, but now the bad stuff, <laughs> the downgrade, the music. Does not hold up, bro. I'm sorry. I 100% agree. <laughs> the the mu music is horrendous. It's not just dated. It, it was bad even then. And we just overshadowed it with like our, our like, oh, we got no, a no, movie no, like no, this. No no. no, no, I remember the music being bad. Oh, you remember I mean, it being I, bad? Oh, yeah, but I just got reminded how bad it was. Oh, okay. The only thing that was good was in the tournament with the... The opening with the the drums, yes, and the final fight that had some good music for mm -hmm. that. But the like they were trying to make music like with the songs, like like almost like Rocky esque or Karate Kid, or even like it. when the kid was in the hospital. Yeah, the the music just, just didn't fit the the mood. It missed the, yeah, it missed the mark. It's like it, the sound score guy was like, "You didn't read the room, man. You didn't read the room." Speaking of which, there was plot holes. For one, they 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 showed a flashback, and which we thought was at first just like Tommy remembering. And then it shows that it was like Coach rewatching the footage of Tommy's brother being killed. And Coach is like, make sure no one sees this video. And then they come back later on and he's like, I was his I was his brother's coach. He goes, You saw the tape? I was there. I was like, wait a minute, then you should know all this. <laughs> exactly. There should be no question and a doubt that you know who Tommy is. You know Tommy's history. That flashback should have been just for Tommy. Exactly. We can see the discovery of that footage later on. Well, no, no. Meaning that Wade gets the hold of the tape showing that tournament. And then we find out through that where she, when she confronts Coach, he was there. It's like, oh, snap. So that's why he's like that. Yeah. Or just taking out that one little like three minutes would have been perfectly fine. Yeah, it wasn't even. No, it wasn't even three minutes. It was it's like, like a minute. The way he made seems like he wasn't there at all. Yeah. Like they, they found it, like someone gave him this. His Tommy's assistant brother. did the discovery and then he's like, right. Hi, this, like since this is new information. Right. Exactly. It was like new information, but it's not. It was something that coach knew. From the get go. And then the um, son in the, from leaving the hospital, getting to the tournament. And <laughs> within, the, within a week or so. Within a week. He just had a coma. The, the he son came out of a coma. The five-year-old son, which looked older than five-year-old, by the way. Uh, and he talked so good. He was like literally hit by a car or he was in a car accident to be precise on his bike. He had a broken leg, maybe a broken arm. He was in a coma. No, he had a broken arm. He had a cast had a, on his arm. Oh, he had a cast on his arm. 
And then like, they were like, he's in a coma. We don't know how long it's going to be. Eric Roberts character only had three days to get back. And he was like, I'm like, wow, I think the coma only lasted like maybe 24 hours at most. And then they go to the tournament. We gave them the benefit of the doubt and said like, maybe they had a little bit of a week to like recuperate or anything like that. But then the kid's there with a crutch, not even a wheelchair clapping (laughs) for his cast. No more cast. Look look like he just got like a brush of a scrape. And I'm like, wow, that is the fastest recovery I've ever seen and fastest uh, rejection from a hospital. Right. Granted, I was giving a defense to that. It's like they had three days to to leave for Korea. Two days after he woke up, giving him the benefit but, of the doubt that it was one day. Right. And then I was like, well, maybe there was some time, maybe a week's time for the U.S. to get used to the travel, the jet mm-hmm. lag. Maybe it was two weeks. I don't know. Doubt it. But a kid with a broken leg, a kid who had a broken arm, who was in a coma. I doubt that the hospital let him go. Much less to go on a flight for like Much, yes for like half a day. Unless they gave him really good medicine. If you have common sense, you'd be like, wait a minute. That's, that makes no sense. <laughs> and the cinematography was, it looked like it was made for VHS. Yes. It looked like it was, it was made for direct-to-video. And this was the surprising part was like, we talked about the budget. Back then it was the budget was like, estimated at five million and like the fact of the matter is like it no, did look like he, it was me i think you said it was more than i'm gonna get you sucker yeah budget estimated five million it tanked hard because in the u.s opening weekend and and this is u.s and canada it got nine hundred ninety thousand between u.s and canada and then gross worldwide was 1.7 million so it did tank it did not make a profit I, I agree in the sense that it looked like it was meant for uh, VHS when you're watching it. So people will come out, they'll see that, and they'll be like, nah, we're, we're good. But granted, back in the 80s, a lot of movies looked like that. But there were also a lot of good quality movies. No, you're right. No, you're right there, too. No, in the 80s, there was a lot of movies going out, coming out to the theaters, left and right. A lot of the quality was not good. A big following due to Blockbuster and the rentals because it gave us three more sequels. Oh, no. It definitely was a cult classic. It became a cult classic. Right. And part easily. two, I don't think everyone went to the theaters, but the quality in part of part two is that much higher. Yes. Sound quality, the uh, the music. Well, I can't remember the music, but I know the, the cinematography, the lighting. Give you an example of what I mean by budget versus like everything else. Mm-hmm. Terminator, which came out before, for this movie mm-hmm. had a budget of 6.4 million not is uh, still higher but not by much yeah they shot no, that and and they shot that on a gorilla schedule like and they and they cut corners all over the place Terminator the, one right the very very yeah, first, first one. one the first one and then but if you look at the quality of that too the quality is not that much different or better it, by slightly yes but the music the story no, the the you're, effects you're right on that everything was better and you're right that you're right you're right. Definitely. That better story, better acting, better action, better lighting, better lighting. But mm-hmm. the, the but the quality is still relatively well. The the lighting is no, the lighting is not that much better because it had to be dark. There was a reason for that. They didn't pay for the lighting. It was natural. Yeah, they actually like uh, they drove around look uh, and they didn't get permits and they found streets that, that oh, had yeah, light. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's guerrilla filming. Yeah, they did guerrilla filming and it, and they're like, okay, we're gonna go there real quick. Let's do our shot. Arnold like oh, yeah. when, when the when like when the shot takes. when like he was smoking from like getting a shot and they actually just tossed acid on his coat so they they were guerrilla filming like crazy on that movie but also that that one when he punches through the windshield yeah 
That was really him. No, that wasn't him. That was a that was a hydraulic. Oh, really? One take, and they had like a a painted brick wall that they just moved. That works. That was all it was. It just moved. so the car is still, he is still. All they did was time it, his shoulder, and then his hydraulic arms mm. right be, right there, and boom, one take. It was like Star Wars. You 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 work with the budget you had, and you made the best out of it. Exactly. That's why Star Wars: A New Hope is so damn good in that aspect of special effects and guerrilla type of filming. But either way, like the movie's iconic for a lot of things. It's just that it missed the mark on a lot of various mm -hmm. categories, and that's mm -hmm. why it hurt it for me. Watching this again, I guess twice and within a week, I just find it. Granted, for for movie's sake, how come there's no subs? Like in, in sports, you usually have more than one athlete. Like say a, a basketball, you have five players, right? Then you have a second string and a third string. They Just did say case. that there was an alternate, uh, but they don't show the alternates. Because when they were getting ready to kick out Eric Roberts' character, they was like, get the alternate ready. And But they never showed them training. They never oh, showed they them. Because really? yeah. remember, they, they didn't want them back on the team. We don't see them. Yeah. They're, they're in the shadows. You never see them. You never see them. You just see the assistant coaches, which I find kind of funny too, because the assistant, the science, the tech guy, he's doing all the work. The assistants are just there just to stand. He comes in carrying their uniforms. Why is he doing that? You have three assistants to him standing there. They should be doing that. Or they should be having a um, gear guy for that. But this guy is wearing multiple hats. He's the stats. He's the assistant. He's the tech guy he's the gear guy i was like damn this guy is getting underpaid and overworked anyway i mean i still enjoy it the story is still there the story still holds up if they did like a anniversary dvd where they redid the score and the music and then they could up the quality of the the lighting the, the film quality and made it letterbox because on netflix it's like four by three squared just like it was for a tv yeah was, uh the crts so if they did a letterbox, I would definitely buy it again, especially if they did like a reunion kind of thing. Maybe, That'd be you know. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. I would definitely love that. I think I believe I, I do own Best of the Best 2. I can't remember, which we should probably do a review because we can see the, how how better the quality of that film. And some of the some of the martial arts is pretty damn good too. Mm -hmm. Overall, I would say time-wise, uh, like nostalgia is where it's going to be strong on. For those of us who've seen okay. it back in the day, it's going to be strong with the nostalgia. If you're new to it, you're probably going to be one and done. For those but of us, if you have the strong nostalgia with it, it's going to be a multi-fund. So for you, would you, I mean, you probably own it because you have it. I do own it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I own it. I just never watched it. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're kind of like a, like, like a klepto in the sense of not stealing, but buying. I'm a collector. Just got to buy it. Just gotta buy it. With me, I own it and I watch. You would be like ready for purchase if they came out with a re-release. Oh. oh, they did yeah. a re-release? I would definitely mm -hmm. buy it. There you go, guys. That's our throwback review of Best of the Best. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I am Angel. I'm Adon. Love you, bro. Love you.